We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alexander, got it! Very nice early post up by Adams working inside. Whistle and one! Oh! And T. Ferg rocking the rim! What is up? Welcome to the uncontested Oklahoma City Thunder post-game podcast. Number 17. 17 games into the season, guys. It's going by quick. The Thunder Thanksgiving Eve travel up to the Pacific Northwest, drop an ugly, ugly game to the Portland Trailblazers, 136-119. to I am your host for this evening. This is Jacob. Thank you guys for checking us out for downloading the podcast. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're everywhere. So make sure that you tune in. We do a post-game podcast after every single Thunder game. So make sure that you follow along and you get those automatically downloaded by whatever podcast app you listen to. And my assumption is, well, not my assumption, I'm not finishing completing this podcast until it is technically Thanksgiving Day. So I'm assuming you're either listening to this on Thanksgiving Day or maybe you're listening to this while you're in line, Black Friday shopping, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you. Thunder drop an ugly game, 136-119 to the Portland Trailblazers that they never really had a chance in. You know, they they trimmed the, this lead down to what maybe 12 to 10 in the third quarter and then the Blazers took off and and never looked back was was not the Thunder's best performance I would put this game up there with the Indiana Pacers game as probably one of the Thunder's worst games of the season and it it's, doesn't instill a lot of confidence but and I've been harping about this 
I know some people um, aren't too happy about it, but another loss means the Thunder are, again, in good position as far as lottery odds for the NBA draft, right? And that's kind of the, the position I am choosing to take when the Thunder lose these games is that this season, I know it sucks, but this season doesn't really matter a whole lot, right? Like, the Thunder aren't going to make the playoffs this season. If they do, they're not making it out of the first round. It, like, there, there's no point to really push hard and stress about winning and losing these games because right now it's a short-term setback, right? The team is not going to be great right now. But not being great right now starts to pave the way for them to be great in the future, because not being great right now opens the door for them to get high quality draft picks. And that's what this is all about. So to break down this Thunder Trailblazers game, um, I figured we would go with three categories tonight. We would talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Trust me, there's a lot of bad and a lot of ugly to talk about. But I thought we would start off with some good stuff. I know whenever Taylor does his post-game pods, he always starts off with his negatives. Um, let's start off on a good foot. Also, we're not going to keep this one too long. You're probably listening to this. Uh, maybe you're listening to it. Void your family on Thanksgiving. Maybe you're you're getting this podcast in after your Thanksgiving dinner, uh, whatever. But since I have Thanksgiving stuff to to prep and and whatnot as well, and it's already midnight, I'm gonna burn through this one kind of quick. So let's start with the good. First good thing from the night I want to start with is Shea Gilgis Alexander's passing. Now, if you are a frequent listener to The Uncontested, you know that I've been harping on Shea's passing for a while now. I've been saying things like, I think as the season goes on, he's becoming better and better as a passer. He's picking his spots better. He's driving with intent to find teammates. And he did that tonight. Shea had five assists on the night. Probably could have had more uh, if his teammates had finished or if... You know, he had played any of the fourth quarter. But Shea found his teammates in great positions all night. There were back-to-back plays in the second quarter where Shea would drive in. And as he drove in, the big man would would step up to Shea uh, for fear of that floater or that pull-up game. And then Shea would just toss a lob right behind them to Nerlens Noel twice in a row for back-to-back assists. He also had some plays where he would drive in draw the defense, and then kick out to shooters like Ferguson. Uh, I think he had one kick out to Abdul Nader. So Shea's passing, I think, is is continually making this this tick upwards, right? And it becomes a balance for him eventually on when he attacks the basket, when to pass, and when to shoot. Uh, but that's a balance that will come in time, right? And And I think... For a lot of players coming into the league, a lot of younger guys, they're used to scoring, they're used to attacking, they're used to scoring layups and dunks, and to to get that cerebralness to drive and to see the floor and to see where your teammates are and to make reads and to pass the ball, that's, that's a sign of maturity and growth. And so I think Shea is continually seeing that 
He's getting better at it, and it's allowing him to come a, become a better player. So that's exciting for me. So one good thing from tonight, Shea Gilders Alexander's passing. Another good thing I took from this night and this ugly win, which is hard to find goods in, is Terrence Ferguson's aggressiveness. I love the way Ferg played tonight. Now, Ferg was a minus 33 on the night, uh, nine points on seven shots. I get it. Ferguson shot four four free throws tonight. That means he got fouled twice on shot attempts. I don't remember the last time he shot four free throws. He was aggressive. He was putting the ball on the floor and attacking the hoop. He was throwing passes. He was coming off screens and catching and immediately turning and firing jumpers. And offensively, that's the kind of Ferguson we want to see. He's still a great defender. He works hard. He he's there. I have no worries or complaints or issues about Ferg on the defensive end at all. He's very aggressive on the defensive end. Tonight, I felt like we saw some of that aggressiveness offensively, and that's really promising. I hope we continue to see that Ferguson aggressiveness as the season goes along. Uh, seven shot attempts, six three-point attempts. If we could get six threes from Ferg and Knight, I would be ecstatic. That's what that's what this team needs from him. And for his growth, I would like for him to continue to shoot. And there were multiple times tonight where he attacked off the dribble. He would catch the ball. He would attack a closeout, put the ball on the floor, and attack the basket. He dropped C.J. McCollum on a jab step and went in and got fouled and almost threw down a nasty dunk. That's the stuff that I want to see from Ferg. So that was really encouraging. I'm considering that a good thing from this evening. Another good thing that I never thought I would say was a good thing, Abdul Nader? With the injury of Hamadou Diallo, Nader is is getting more burn, more playing time. Although tonight was a lot of that was uh, was mop-up duty, was, was garbage time, Nader, 23 points on nine field goal attempts. Three of four from three, six of six from the free throw line. 7 of 9 from the field in 17 minutes. Mop-up time or not, that's pretty impressive. I've got to get up to Nader. I've I've ragged on him on and on and on and on, and I think rightfully so. He's just not a high-quality, productive NBA player. Uh, but he got loose tonight, and he did some stuff. So good for Abdul Nader. Maybe that can carry over a little bit into some subsequent games, and we can see some quality play from Abdul Nader. I, I think that's the hope. Uh, I'm going to consider that a good thing from tonight. And then the the last good thing from the game tonight would be the Thunder's turnovers. They turned the ball over only six times tonight. Now they gave up nine points on those turnovers, but only six turnovers tonight. That's really good. That's high ball security. And for a team that isn't going to win a lot of games for a team that kind of struggles, for a team that doesn't have uh, a lot of high-tier talent, turning the ball over almost exclusively means losses, right? Because that allows the other team to get out on the fast break. So for the Thunder to only turn the ball over six times, that's really promising. That's a good thing. Hopefully they can continue that trend of good ball security moving on through the rest of the season. Now let's move on to the bad stuff. I have I had, so I had four goods. I have two bads and then uglies I considered like really really bad. So I have two of those as well. 
the first bad thing for the night on the good, the bad, and the ugly would be Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder, three of nine shooting, one of four from three, uh, three rebounds, zero assists, three turnovers, 10 points. Schroeder was just bad, man. Like, there are, Schroeder is maybe the most inconsistent player on this team, which really says something because he's been around the league for a while. He's come off the bench. He's started. He's, he's been around for a while, and for him to be so inconsistent, uh, it's kind of discouraging. And some of his decision-making, like one play tonight, just it really stood out to me. Uh, the Thunder took a shot. They missed it. Uh, the rebound was kind of a longer rebound and went over everyone's head. Schroeder ended up grabbing the rebound, uh, backing the ball out. And so after an offensive rebound, the, the shot clock, as you guys know, resets to 14 seconds. And instead of calling over a screen, swinging the ball, uh, making the defense move, Schroeder just backed up and then went one-on-one and tried to get a layup and threw up an air ball. And she's like, man, like that that type of decision-making, you know, there, there are so many other things that you can do in that 14 seconds that would have resulted in a higher quality shot. You know, swing the ball, pass it to the top of the key, let it move to the other side of the court. Is that creating lanes? No, not necessarily. But what it does do is it makes the defense have to account for more things. If the ball does not move, all five defenders can keep an eye on the ball. But if the ball is being passed and being moved around from one side of the court to the other, then the defense has to shift a little bit. They have to move a little bit. Their attention is not only on the man that they're guarding, but it's also on the ball moving, right? Uh, they, they have to communicate. Making the defense... In the NBA, teams are good at defense. It doesn't matter what team they are. These guys are the elite of the elite at the sport in the world. So in order to to break a defense down, you basically have to like information overload them. You have to make that five-man unit have too many things to worry about. This back screen's coming here. The ball's swinging this way. This guy's cutting. Uh, this guy has a live dribble. You know, they, make them register all these things. Schroeder doesn't make them do that, though. Right? He kind of gets tunnel-visioned and makes bad decisions. And it's really discouraging. And honestly, it feels like at, at some points, it's like when Schroeder does that, those are moments when Shea could have the ball in his hands and be trying to create something. And we could be building up the 21-year-old who has two years left on his contract after this season and then is going to get signed to a long-term extension and is going to be in Oklahoma City for the next six-plus years rather than let Schroeder, who's probably getting traded soon, hog those possessions. I don't know. Just bad night from Schroeder. And I feel like you can say that about him every other night just because of the inconsistencies. The other bad from the night has to go to the rebounding. Um, Now, there has to be an asterisk by the rebounding stat tonight, which which is ugly. Thunder got out-rebounded 54-38. to Out-rebounded by 16 boards. Offensive rebounds were pretty even, 8-10. to It's the defensive rebounds where the Thunder really got mauled. But I think there's a, um, there's a caveat to that. The Thunder took 88 shots 
the Blazers took 94. The Thunder made 44% of their shots. The Blazers made 52%. So the Blazers actually made 10 more baskets. And with the Blazers making 10 more baskets, that's 10 shots that aren't reboundable. Is that a word? Right? So so the Thunder missed more shots uh, by a large margin. And so that allowed the Blazers to have more possible rebounds out there than the Thunder, right? And defensive rebounds are easier to get than offensive rebounds. So when the Thunder are missing shots, it's easier for Portland to get those rebounds. Still, the rebounding problem has been an issue for the Thunder the entire season. Uh, It's a little bit disheartening. I thought that Steven Adams was going to come in this season and average like 13 boards a game with the loss of Russell Westbrook. Um, More like half of that is what he's averaging right now. It's not good. Uh, and and the Thunder just, they aren't going to win games when they're just completely getting mauled on the glass. Right? They're, the first quarter, and we're about to get into this too, the, 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 the whole thing of the first quarter. But in the first quarter, the Thunder are getting the, their doors blown off, just getting their ass beat. And, and the end of the first quarter... Portland started to miss a little bit, and it felt like, oh, okay, the Thunder can claw back, get this thing to 10, it can be manageable. And there was like two possessions in a row where Portland would shoot and miss and then get an offensive rebound over Steven Adams and then shoot and then miss and then get the offensive rebound over Steven Adams and then make a bucket. And it's like stuff like that is is so discouraging. Um, you know, you you stop a potent offense from scoring – you force them to miss, and you can't close out the possession with a rebound. That stuff can't fly. Like they, They've got to clean that up. That's, that's a bad. Um, and now let's get to the ugly. Sorry, we're kind of ending this on a negative note. Uh, the, the big ugly in the room is the defense. God, the defense was awful. It seemed like at the beginning of the game, Portland was just ripping off points and it came on wide open shots. And to me, it looked like the Thunder defense just flat out was not communicating. There's no reason CJ McCollum should get the first two shots of the game and they're both wide open corner threes, the shortest three point shot in the game from the corner, right? Distance wise, it's the shortest in the game. There's no reason he should be wide open out there. That means that there was a miscommunication somewhere in the defensive possession. Now, the Thunder, whenever they play the Trailblazers, because of CJ and Dame and their shooting ability, the Thunder like to be very aggressive on the pick and roll and try to trap the ball handler to not let them shoot threes. And so whenever you trap, that means you have two defenders on one offensive player. That means the rest of your defense is playing three on four. right? So, So somebody's open. Maybe they just miscommunicated on the back of those traps, but it was it was bad, right? And then somehow Hassan Whiteside decided to be the best center in the NBA tonight uh, and was just... So it, the best center in the NBA tonight for the first 10 minutes of the game. After that, he sucked. He was awful. But for the first 10 minutes, you just went nuts. He had like 12 and 10 in like the first quarter, right? He went nuts. When you let a team get into a rhythm early, you're screwed. You are screwed. 
I used to say this before, um, make this analogy. It's a lot easier to prevent a fire than to put out a blazing one. And that's what tonight felt like. Portland got hot. And once they got hot, you can't put that fire out, right? You try to contain it, but you can't put that fire out. It's a lot easier to smother it at the beginning and not even let the fire start. If you let a team like Portland, if you let players like CJ and Dame and Rodney Hood and Hassan Whiteside get confidence and get a rhythm and get going early, you're in trouble. That's what happened tonight. Blazers 52% from the field. 47% 47% from three, 100% from the free throw line, 10 offensive rebounds, 23 assists, 52 points in the paint. Just not good, right? And and that theme of bad defense uh, carried on this West Coast trip because the Thunder got killed um, defensively for three and a half quarters by a really bad Golden State Warriors team as well. So the the calling card of this team for a while now has been their defense. It it escaped them recently. Um and then the 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 last ugly of the night would be the first and third quarters. So if you look at the second quarter, Thunder outscored Portland 24-21. Okay, so, so that that's a win by three points. If you look at the fourth quarter, which again, both teams' benches are in, but the Thunder outscore Portland 42-32. That's by 10 points. So that's 13 points, outscoring them by 13 points in the even-numbered quarters. But in the first quarter and the third quarter combined, Thunder get outscored by like 33. 26-42 in the first, 27-41 to in the third. You're not going to win games like that. Just flat out, you're not going to win games like that. The third quarter issues are real. I don't know what they are. I don't know if the team knows what they are and how to correct them. I think that they're trying to figure that out, obviously. But just not good, man. Just not good. Um, okay, we've gone about 20 minutes. Let's go ahead and wrap this this post-game podcast up. I really appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you download your podcasts at. Uh, Thunder fans, I know it's a bit of a rough season with all the losses and, and the negative performances, but but please, please, please just hear me out. This is a short-term setback a year, two years to set up another long-term run. The Thunder are in a very unique position with the massive amount of draft picks that they have. They could go trade draft picks and and get a couple of veterans in here and make a playoff push. But that's not the goal. The goal is to be back in title contention. And you get back in title contention by getting superstar players. And you get superstar players by getting top five draft picks. So even though they're losing right now, it's not the worst thing in the world. We've watched a team compete for a decade. Let them suck for a year. Get good draft picks. And then let's restart the cycle, right? So so just ride it out. It's going to be all right. And we're here to hang out and chat with you guys and podcast and answer your questions and everything as time goes on. So thank you so much for checking us out. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Uh, I hope you stuff yourselves. I hope that your family get-togethers are great. I hope your traditions go awesome. And then enjoy 
the off day from work on Friday for most of you. If you work retail, Godspeed. I've been there. We feel you. We send you out uh, uh, our energy, spirit bomb style, Dragon Ball Z. But you guys have, if you have off Friday, have a great day off. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you Friday night for post-game with the Pelicans. And until then, and as always, Thunder Up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.